Hello, welcome back to What Makes This Scripture Awesome. I'm Paul Kapow on the radio known as the Kapow Radio Show. Today I'm going to continue on to the theme of Habakkuk. We were in chapter 1, we did verses 1 through 5 last week in regard to all the stress and all the crazy stuff and wickedness that surrounds us, not only among the people, but among our government and our leaders, their wicked and the evil oppression that they do on the people. And in regard to looking around and going, how long, Lord, are you going to keep up with this? Before I get started, I'm going to read for you today just verses 6 through 12. And, and hopefully we'll just keep going on with this. But my point today on why this scripture is so awesome is it's going to again show you that when God uses a hammer or a tool upon his people to punish or correct, it's still God in control. It's never the evil. It's never the sock puppet, that stupid man or woman in charge. God's always in charge. So depending on what our circumstances are, whether we're being corrected or punished or uh, in some cases, you know, God is really angry when his people go and worship other gods, including themselves, as we will see later in this particular verse. So as I begin to read this and study this a little bit this week, what comes to mind is that oftentimes we focus on the, the sin or the behavior, the wickedness or the evil of the people. In other words, uh, we might grab our signs with our local church and go protest the abortion clinic. Or we may grab our signs and say, um, you know, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. We may uh, protest transgenderism or, you know, a number of things. But here's the deal. Sin and that kind of wicked behavior, whether it be from the individual or for or from our government, from our leaders, is the result. It's the result of rejecting Yahweh as their sovereign. Now, I want you to think about that because this is true. Everything that is evil, wicked, all behavior that we focus on is simply the result of those humans rejecting Yahweh as their sovereign. They have said, I do not want this creator God or his Messiah or his way to salvation and redemption back to him. I don't want that. I want to do my own thing. I want to worship my own gods, whether it be money, fame, fortune, or themselves in narcissistic power and legacy. Any other God but God is still another God, whether it be yourself or your children or your career, or it, it doesn't matter. So the evil that we do see around us, though it's, it's disheartening and it affects us, you have to look at the bigger picture here and look at it the way God looks at it. It's always the result of the rejection of him. Whether people call themselves Christians or belong to a Christian religion is, is irrelevant. It's the rejection 
of God as their sovereign in their life that brings about the wicked and evil behavior and brings about the chastisement, the punishment, and sometimes ultimately the destruction, depending on the situation. This particular situation, as we realized last week, the Jewish people, God's people, had rejected God as their sovereign and went to serve other gods. And as a result of that, there was a lot of injustice in mercy and bloodshed in the land. So God was to punish his people. He was to make them marvel, remember, at a new thing that he was going to do, something that they wouldn't believe it, though it was told them because they're like, well, we're God's people. There's no way this can happen to us. And last week we compared the writings in Acts chapter 13, 40 and 41 by the apostle Paul, or I should say by Luke about the apostle Paul, that Paul used the same scriptures in Habakkuk to tell his fellow countrymen, his Jews in his day about the rejection of Messiah and what that's going to bring. And he warned them, don't make the same mistake that your forefathers did when they rejected Yahweh as their sovereign. Don't reject Yahweh as your sovereign. Don't reject his Messiah because bad things are going to happen. And in AD 70, bad things, in fact, did happen. God used the Romans to level the temple and the Jewish nation and Judea all around it. And it's still leveled to this day. So here we are uh, before 580 B6, before the Babylonian captivity and the leveling of Judea and the temple back in this day. Let's start at verse six. And he says, for lo, this is, this is God speaking through the prophet Habakkuk. He says, for lo, I raise up the Chaldeans. It's that bitter and hasty nation which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. What does this mean? They're bitter and hasty. In other words, their judgment is just at the tip of their tongue. They don't think things out. They're, they're like our leaders today. They're just totally, they don't care about anybody but themselves. And these Chaldeans were to march through the land and take people's homes, take their possessions. If that sounds familiar, it is. Number seven, verse seven, they are terrible and dreadful. Those words in the Hebrew mean exactly that. They're frightful. They bring fear. Their judgment, in other words, their verdicts, their judgment, uh, their courts, their laws, and their dignity, guess what? Proceed of themselves. So their judgment, they don't have godly wisdom. They're not doing things based on biblical standards or God's assistance. It comes only from their humanness and themselves. And they're puffed up in that. And we see that today. And I'm sure you see it in your country. We see it in ours in the United States of America, where the kings of the earth are mentally retarded. They have absolutely no wisdom whatsoever. And they go about and they make rules and regulations and suggestions and laws and recommendations, and they tear apart their very own fabric because their judgment proceeds from themselves. These idiots are here to correct us. 
This is evil that proceeds out of this country's rejection of Yahweh as a sovereign. Their rejection as from Messiah as their savior. That's why the evil is here. The people are evil and evil brings more evil. <laughs> Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Verse 8, their horses are swifter than the leopards. They are more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. Okay, leopards are fast. They say that when a leopard is coming at you straight, it looks like he's flying through the air, that his feet don't even touch the ground. So it's saying that the invading army, their, their horses are, are faster than that, and they're more fierce than a wolf that hasn't eaten all day and at night goes to get its food. They're going to spread themselves. They're going to be all over the place. They come from afar, and they fly like an eagle that's hungry for violence their faces shall sup up the east wind or as the east wind in other words they're going to gather and their faces are going to show that they're very happy in the gather the gathering they shall gather the captivity as the sand they're going to take over everything and every one verse 10 and they shall scoff at the kings. In other words, they're going to laugh, ridicule anybody that says, hey, I'm a king. I have authority. You can't do that. They're going to trample all over them. Nothing's going to stop these people. And the princes shall be a scorn unto them. So whether you're a king or a prince, somebody in high ranking, uh, the Supreme Court, the, the courts, the federal courts, the laws, the military, no one's going to be able to stop these people. And they shall heap dust and take it, okay? Um, they're going to deride every stronghold, okay? Everything that people shore up and say, there's no way they can get this, no way they can break into this city, no way they're going to break in, in my bank account, no way they're going to break into my education or my own they laugh at every stronghold and it says this shall heap dust and take it. In other words, they're going to build ramparts in the Babylonians. That's exactly what they did. That's what the, the Romans did. They took dirt, they took wood, they took timber and they built a ramp so that they could scale the walls. And then they easily either broke through them or just went right over. Then, and then verse 11 
is a prophetic. Remember, this is God speaking through Habakkuk. And then verse 11, God talks about the king Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who was a real king of the earth, by the way. He's not like these clowns we have today. These clowns we have today are nothing more than meat puppets. They're, they're you know, they're demented. They, they don't got any brains. They have no way. They're, they're weak. It's like you know, Daniel says, in those days, the they... The fallen angels will mix their seed. Okay. It doesn't say fallen angels. That's my interpolation in it. But this is what I believe it is. They, the fallen angels, will mix their seed with, with the men of earth, the kings of earth, and their kingdom will be partly strong and partly weak. In other words, they'll be strong because they're presidents of the United States, but they're weak because they're demented in the brain. They have no uh, sense because they, they, iron and clay don't mix okay, like it did before the flood. When he had men's of old, uh, Genesis 6, Enoch 6. So in verse 11 here in Habakkuk, it says, then shall his mind, and he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar. God's talking about Nebuchadnezzar. His mind, the word here is not mind. In the Hebrew, it's ruhah, it means soul, breath. It's his spirit. Then shall his spirit change, and he shall pass over and offend. In other words, his spirit changes and he goes over to the top what he's supposed to do, and he offends. Uh, the Hebrew word for offend is to be guilty, to be destroyed, to, to, um, to be punished or perished. In other words, he's offending God because he goes over a certain point. So this prophecy is given to Habakkuk to let... Habakkuk know that though the Jewish nation is going to be held captive and be punished for the rejection of their sovereign, the tool, the hammer that God's using to do this punishment is going to be whacked in the end also. And here's the reason. His mind shall change and he shall pass over and offend. He offends God. And here's how he does this. By giving or imputing this power or his power, Unto his lowercase God or Eloha, not Aloha like the Hawaiian, but Eloha. Okay, the uh, deity, a little G God. In other words, his power is his God and he worships himself. He worships his own power and he imputes the power that God gave him to punish the nations. He imputes it unto himself and he goes, I am all that in a bag of chips. All right. So we do see that, that he loses his reason or moderation. Uh, every, anything that was with him, he loses it to pride. So he, he, he passes over all bounds and restraints and he prepares his own way to destruction. And it is very similar to that language that describes Nebuchadnezzar's change uh, from man's heart to understanding to that of a beast because of pride. Now, Daniel 4.16 says of Nebuchadnezzar, let his heart, now these are the watchers saying this about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4.16. Let his heart be changed from man's and let a beast's heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. In Daniel 4.30, it says, the king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built? For the house of the kingdom, by the might of my power and for my honor of my majesty, who's God in Nebuchadnezzar's mind at this point? He's God. 
So it goes right with Habakkuk. And his mind shall change and he shall pass over and he shall offend. He's going to offend Yahweh by imputing his power unto his own God, which is himself. The verse 31 in Daniel 431 says, and while the world or while the, I'm sorry, while the word was in the king's mouth, Nebuchadnezzar's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And in Daniel 33, the same hour, the thing was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar and he was driven from men and he did eat grass and as oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. He turned into some beast. And at the end of the days, that's in verse 34 in Daniel 4. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned. Okay, now he got the point. He says, unto me, and I blessed the Most High, that's Yahweh, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. So uh, he, he got the big picture that God is sovereign, <laughs> that he's not the sovereign. Okay, it is a undesigned coincidence between the two sacred books that was written totally independently. Habakkuk in the book of Daniel are totally different. And here it is, this great prophecy. That's what makes this scripture so awesome is that you can see God's prophecy. You can also see that God does use tools to punish and deliver and do things. Uh, but if those tools like Nebuchadnezzar uh, get stupid with it, then they too are then whacked. Verse 12 in Habakkuk, and I'm going to end with this verse. It says, Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, mine holy one? That's Habakkuk praying. We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment. In other words, I, I know all the, all the Jews, all my, my brethren are not going to be killed. I know you've ordained the Babylonians, the Chaldeans for our judgment. And almighty oh God, thou hast established them for correction. So there it is. It's a biblical principle that we can't argue with it, that God does ordain certain things for our judgment to, to judge us. And he's ordained certain things that establishes certain people for our correction. It's a biblical principle. Uh, the, the longer we don't realize that, the more we, uh, we get caught up in this nonsense. So how do, we, uh, how do we then live? Okay, how do we then proceed from this? Well, here's what we do. You make God your total sovereign, okay? You, God is your sovereign. He is the king of kings. You're, you're not your sovereign. It's not your life. It's not your deal. It's not your wisdom, your greatness, your finances, your smarts, your look. It's not... It's not Nothing. You bring nothing to the table. You are a creation. You are a vessel that the sovereign has made. You are totally under his power and control and for his service. Serve the sovereign. Serve the sovereign correctly because the just, those that he justifies, those are just live by their faith. Okay. The faith is their trust in the sovereign. They put all their trust. They put all their life into the sovereign. That's Yahweh. How do we get to Yahweh? How do we do that? You get to him. He's redeemed you and provided a way to do this through his Messiah. It's that simple.
It's that simple. So hopefully we're going to pick this up in verse 13 next week. And uh, we're going to see Habakkuk's prayer to God and God's answer to him about uh, this correction that's coming towards them. All right. Well, that'll be it. Thank you. And uh, good night. Have a good rest of the week.